Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Tanefsky, and today I spoke with Dr. Vicki Bond, the president of the Humane League. Animals raised for food, including predominantly chickens, suffer from abuses in factory farms at a scale that frankly was shocking for me to learn. Fortunately, THL exists to end the abuse of these animals. It does so by influencing the policies of the world's largest food companies, demanding legislation, and empowering others to take action. Through its efforts, THL has already freed millions of chickens from the confines of their cages and is continuing to advocate for animals around the world. Welcome to Charity Talks. Today I'm speaking with Vicki Bond, the president of the Humane League. Vicki, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And to start, can you tell us about yourself, your background, and how you came to the Humane League? Absolutely. So I originally trained to be a veterinary surgeon um, some time ago now, and I did practice very briefly as a vet. But when I was training to be a vet, and even before then, I had been on factory farms, and I had witnessed the kind of cruelty that you see in factory farms and was horrified, understandably. And the reason I became a vet was to help animals. That's all I really ever cared about. And I... I realized that if I really wanted to help animals, then I should really be working to end factory farming. And so that's why I, I, I now work at the Humane League and the work that I've done in the, over the last decade has been very much about improving animal welfare on farms. I originally worked for another animal welfare organization. I was working in the research department and then I worked in the food business department. And that's where I really learned um, about food companies, the structures, how, how the supply chains work. I was working across Europe um, and more internationally, in fact, and working with retailers predominantly, but also with food service companies and restaurants, with their suppliers, with their producers, and, and in slaughterhouses. And the Humane League was founded over in the US, over here, where I am now, um, in, uh, over 16 years ago now. And I met David Coman Heidi, who was my predecessor, and he mentioned that they were thinking of opening THL in the UK. And I was in Germany in the time uh, we were at a conference together. And I was really interested because the approach that THL takes is a little different from what was happening in the UK or predominantly in Europe at the time. And so I was really excited. I kind of got to a point where I felt like I want to do more heavy campaigning against companies. I was doing a lot of very much kind of working with them, which is great. You need to do that. But there wasn't really that approach of, okay, if you're not willing to, to make any changes to your animal welfare and your in your supply chain, then we are going to campaign against you. And so um, I helped set up THL UK uh, back in 2016 and became managing director there. And the team's grown to over 25 people now, which is fantastic. And I just recently moved here to be president of THL here in the US uh, about three and a half weeks ago. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I'd love if you could just clarify for our audience what is the mission of THL yeah thanks so the mission is to end the abuse of animals raised for food and we do that in a number of ways we really believe in institutional change um, having much bigger impact so we work 
to get food companies to improve farmland welfare in their supply chains. And we're tackling the, the greatest forms of cruelty. So that is getting hens out of cages that are predominantly in battery cages here in the US and around the world and working to improve uh, welfare for broiler chickens so chickens that are raised for meat um, they're reared in barns but in terrible conditions they have lots of health con concerns and they there's like tens of thousands of birds in the sheds very compact so we want to improve the welfare for chickens and we're talking in the us over nine billion of chickens wow. every year being slaughtered so the numbers are phenomenal even with laying hens there's one laying hen for every american pretty much and and Up until about six or seven years ago, all of those birds, nearly all those birds were in cages and battery cages where they couldn't even open their wings. And so we've been working to tackle that, getting food companies, names that, you you know, very everyday names you will have heard of, like Nestle, like young brands like KFC, for instance, you know, really big names to go cage free or to commit to the better chicken commitment as we call it. And uh, and now we're starting to do political work as well. So in the UK, we're lobbying to get cage-free legislation and to improve, get legislation for fish, which will be one of the first, basically, uh, at slaughter. And then over here in the US, we're beginning to do political work as well. Obviously, we've got Prop 12 and other pieces of state legislation that have been brought in. And we want to continue to do that to end other forms of cruelty at a statewide um, level. So it's a bit about what we do. And also, you already kind of mentioned a bit about it, but can you describe mm -hmm. the extent of the problem that THL has mm -hmm. been addressing? Right, yeah. It's a large <laughs> yeah, problem. Yeah, I mean, the extent of the problem is predominantly animals, farm animals, animals raised for food, be it meat or dairy or um, you know eggs, are factory farmed. And what that means is these animals are kept in cages They have mutilations uh, where parts of their bodies are cut off to help them to make them fit into the system. And they live and endure horrific lives. And so when we're talking about numbers to give scale, we're talking over 70 billion around the world. But predominantly, as I mentioned, like 90 odd percent of those are chickens raised yeah. meat because there is an obsession with chicken meat. And here in the US, like I said, nine over nine billion every year are slaughtered. The numbers are kind of baffling. I don't, yeah. every time you say, I think people will be in shock, but I think the numbers are so big, you can't even really comprehend that like more than the world's population is being slaughtered every year just in the US for the chickens. And, you know, that, that it is being called by some like the era of the chicken because simply there are just so many chicken bones because we're just slaughtering so many chickens yeah. around the world. And so the scale of the problem is that these birds are nearly always in these horrific conditions in tens of thousands of birds in a shed. To give perspective, when I talk about um, them being kind of selectively grown for meat, what they've done is they've bred them so that they grow so fast that they can slaughter them quicker. So instead of slaughtering them at sort of 16 weeks of age, which is what we used to do, sort of, you know, four or five months of age when they'd be an adult, look like an adult chicken, They're being slaughtered at six or seven weeks of age. So when they should look like a chick. If you put that in human terms, in terms of the, the, the rapid growth, it's like a baby being born and then being the size of a tiger by the time it gets to two or three months old. I mean, that's insane. So that, that growth has created this problem with these chickens where they really struggle to walk. They have really painful like leg conditions because of this. 
They have burns on their skin from the ammonia because they sit on their own feces all the time. Um, and because they're so heavy and because they can't walk very easily and because they're in pain, they lie on this ammonia and it burns their skin. So you get burns on their hocks, on their feet, on their breasts. And like I mentioned, they're stocked at very high, high levels, which means there's just many birds compacted in a shed. They have very little enrichment or no enrichment, in fact, terrible lighting patterns, so they don't get much sleep. Um, and then when they go after slaughter, they have live shackle slaughter, which is where birds are hung upside down by their legs. Their heads enter a water bath that has electricity. But often what happens is a wing goes in first and they get these pre-electric shocks. So these electric shocks while they're conscious. They're, they're very distressed because they shouldn't be kept upside down. They don't have a diaphragm, so all their insides crush their lungs. And then they have their throat cut. Some of them miss that. Some of them get half their cut throat cut and then they end up in the scolding tanks when we have feathers and we know two or three percent of these birds are alive at this point and we're talking about nine billion birds so the yeah. percentage of that is is mm. so the scale of factory farming is predominant everywhere uh in the u.s particularly where there's very little regulation in in europe it's still factory farming we have regulations it's still factory farming but there are some regulations here. You know, we have now got Prop 12 and others coming into ban cages, and that is fantastic. And that's really off the back of this corporate campaigning work that's been done, where we've been able to, to pressure companies to make these commitments to get birds out of cages. And we can see from when THL and others started the work, um, sort of eight or so, year, eight or nine years ago, where there was very, uh, like, six or seven percent not even i don't think um birds in, in battery cage and um, sorry in cage free systems in, for laying hens we're now at a third bird. so we're now at you know over a million birds are in cage free systems that's incredible and we can see that that's from the direct work that we've been doing both getting corporate com commitments from companies which has also allowed for the statewide bans to come in and for them to be effective because the egg industry is making these transitions so the scale is huge we have to do is tackle it and we do that by doing our corporate campaigning because we can make much quicker change than maybe if we we decided to speak to every individual that's not to say we don't do veg outreach we do do that we do do uh, factory farming awareness because that's really important but we really leverage the power of people to make change by sh by naming and shaming companies and showing that consumers care about this and they should do something with their supply chain it's so absurd to hear these huge numbers, which in themselves are just, you can feel some of the impact, but I think sometimes when you almost share a more individual level or a single story, that really sticks with a lot of people. So I appreciate that information. Totally. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, you can't quite believe it. We In the UK, um, as we're pushing for cage-free legislation, we rescued um, from an enriched cage. Uh, so in the UK, often they're emptying their cages and then you can rehome hens. And so we rehomed re a hen for Beatrice, who is now our poster girl for our cage-free campaign in the UK. And she's, you know, she came to us and she had very little feathers because they're so stressed and you know they're pulling out others are pulling out their feathers and just generally it's too hot as well, so they get poor feather coverage. Just she was in terrible condition. She had like this huge wattle that was like hanging down because they get very big with the heat. And she just was this very sad, inquisitive, but sad hen. And she lives with our um, animal welfare specialist <laughs> in the UK. And she's got a number of hens there that she's rescued. And she joined the flock and she was this like kind of timid little hen. And now she's this beautiful, like she's got this 
full feathers. She's just absolutely gorgeous. She's dust bathing. She's lying in the sun. She's playing with the other hens. It is really wonderful that on that, you know, that you can see that individual scale of change that you can make to an animal. And I have worked on different types of farms and I've been on free range farms and I've been in cage systems and it really does make a huge impact to the level of suffering that those birds have in those systems. That is not to say that free range or cage free does not come without problems. It absolutely does. You have thousands of birds and so there are going to be issues, but the level of suffering just is massively reduced by removing those those cages. Yeah, of course. And one of the most important things I know you do is to try to drive institutional change by holding these companies accountable. And so how do you go about doing this? Great question. Yeah, so we have a corporate engagement team. They will reach out to companies and we really do want to promote having a really productive dialogue. Like that's the best and easiest way I remember when I first started THL, my first meeting was in Paris and we went to meet the CEO of Leclerc and uh, he was, yeah, we just, we, we didn't think we'd get more than like 20 minutes with this man, but actually he spent more than an hour and a half with us and we talked through all the issues and, you know, at the end of that meeting, absolutely, I see where you're coming from, this is the future, we should do this. And those are the companies that you're like, yes, excellent, right, they get it, like you've shown them the fact. They understand that this is not going to look good for their brand. They're willing to take action. Unfortunately, that is not the vast majority of companies. And yeah. so we will have dialogue. They will push back. They will make excuses. There'll be a number of reasons why they can't possibly deal with this and their supply chain. And so when that happens, we action our campaigners who will devise campaign plans. And that often looks like taking social media actions to really you know, highlight to consumers where, where's their first place of seeing, you know, where can we access their branding? And that's on social media. So we will put posts up saying, please go cage free, you know, it's time to go cage free while you're allowing cruelty in your supply chain like this. And we will do protests. They're always peaceful protests, but they're protests nonetheless. So we will go outside whatever establishment it might be or their headquarters. That's always quite interesting too. <laughs> um, and we will protest quietly and peacefully with our placards. We will get signatures from people walking past that are in support of us. Uh, and then we will pass that on to the executives in those companies and they will be fully aware of what's going on because we make sure they know exactly what we're doing. Uh, and that that pressure, because they know at the end of the day, branding is everything and mm -hmm. they shouldn't be associated, in the, at the end of the day, they shouldn't be associated, but they don't want to be associated with cruelty. Humans, humans don't expect them to, uh, to be doing these things to animals and then then they will take action and so that's that's how our corporate campaigning works yeah i imagine you have to encounter a lot of generic responses to the typical you know why they can't take action and i think it's very important that there's that you know campaigning aspect of what you're doing and clearly making a huge impact so that's great <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And um, so at the Humanely, we actually founded something called the Open Wing Alliance, which is bringing together organisations from around the world to end cages for hens worldwide. We have over 80 organisations joining us and every couple of months we're getting new organisations, activists on the ground that are joining us in new countries like Ghana, for instance, most recently in Rwanda and other countries in Africa. Um, and THL gives out grants to these organisations so that they can uh, start work doing this corporate campaigning uh, work. 
Uh, we have lots of resources online. The Alliance has um, has a whole community where we learn from each other. We um, we celebrate our wins together. We we have trainings that we can give so that organisations can learn and go out and do this themselves. And we're seeing great success. And we've got over like 100 companies, like global companies now to commit to go cage free. And that has a massive impact. We're talking about Nestle and Mars, all these huge names that are everywhere that have a lot of egg in their supply chain. And then in those countries as well, those activists on the ground are meeting with like local companies, companies that are known within their countries and getting, putting pressure on them to make these commitments. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's having a massive impact. We're seeing in Latin America, there's huge change towards this in every continent. Like this, this is happening now. And these, these grassroots um, activists are doing just incredible work with this corporate campaigning. And we will see an end to cages worldwide for hens because of it. Yeah. And I know that you talked about some of, you know, the really big importance of cage-free environments. And one of the biggest successes of THL has been in gaining commitments to these farm chickens in being in these cage-free environments. And so can you just discuss some of these victories so that, you know, we can learn more about? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, like, like I said, we've had some fantastic victories. And when we started with Cage Free, we're asking for a time frame of 2025 because we need to give a lead into companies. They have to change a lot of infrastructure and everything else. And we've got all the major companies in the US to commit to go Cage Free by 2025. But we want to see what progress they're actually making. So we've started doing accountability reporting and going to companies and saying, we want to know what figures you have on this. And even in the last six weeks, by doing that kind of work, CVS, the massive CVS pharmacy chain and Walgreens have both accelerated their timeframes yeah. to be 100% cage free by the end of this year, which is, That's amazing. Years, which is fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, a third of the, the, the flock isn't at now uh, cage free in the US. And past kind of targets that we've had in the accountability that have now gone to 100% includes Arby's, Nestle, Mars, um, you name the company, they've got a commitment because we have made sure that all these, you know, Walmart, all these other companies have these commitments and we uh, we want to make sure that they are seen through to the end. And then if we think about like global cage free, you think of some of these mega, often household American names, but actually they're global now, mm. like Wagamama's, Panda Express, Cheesecake Factory, KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. They now have global commitments like uh, Krispy Kreme. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, yeah. they're all using a lot more egg than you probably imagine. Um, and these companies have also now got global cage-free commitments. And we've, like I said, got 100 companies so far committed there. So we're really seeing the scale of this um, come into fruition with this change, also helped by the state bans that, you know, California ban has made sure it's like, if you thought there was any doubt, there's not, this is happening. Uh, and, you know, the egg industry has realized that and they publicly said that this is happening they know this is the direction they need to go in and, and they're working towards it and we will be there to make sure that it happens it absolutely has to happen by 2025 and so we will be doing campaigns that are holding companies accountable so if if a company decides not to report on what progress they're making or they're not in contact with us they've gone in communicado well, we'll be chasing them down to make sure we know what's going on and we will be campaigning again if they've if they've taken the accolade of making a commitment and then they don't follow through yeah. that's even worse Yes, we will be holding them very strongly accountable. I know that THL has developed a set of standards called the Better Chicken Commitment to help improve the conditions of chickens. And so can you discuss some of them? Yeah, so the Better Chicken Commitment is uh, working on the breed. So as I mentioned, they currently use these 
terrible breeds are very fast growing but these birds therefore suffer like painful leg conditions lots of diseases on the farm um, and so we want them to use higher welfare breeds we want them to have more space to move around the shed because currently they are compact in the shed um, we want them to have more enrichment in their environment so they can perch and peck at things because uh, these are like these are chicks like if you watch a chick you see that how playful they are yeah. Like these birds should not be in a barren shed without, you know, anything to, to be able to entertain them or play with or do all these like positive behaviours that you'd expect to see. Um, the lighting needs to be stronger. So, you know, they're kept in very low lighting. We want to see that change as well. We want to see that these farm these farms are audited um, so that they actually are doing things they're meant to be doing rather than just saying it. And then finally change from the live shackle slaughter that I mentioned earlier uh, with the water bath stunning to uh, controlled atmospheric stunning. Now, controlled atmospheric stunning means the birds don't ever get handled by humans until they're dead. So they are in crates. Um, there's a certain gas that's used. And, and this means that they don't have the stress and discomfort that they get from being hung upside down in the metal shackles. Mm -hmm. And they will actually come out dead versus entering the scolding tank alive. Yeah. And I know you mentioned, you know, Beatrice, but do you have any specific personal experiences that you can further discuss about, you know, the positive impact that THL has had? Yeah, um, I, th I think Open Wing Alliance is just this incredible collaboration of groups around the world. And actually that little <laughs> meeting I talk about, I'm probably butchering the name to be honest, I think <laughs> French is But uh, they, um, that when we went there, there was a group called L214. L214 are this incredible Amorites group in France. They're pretty well known. They've done some really great work and they hadn't done corporate campaigning before, but they're really interested in it. They joined the Overwing Alliance. So they wanted to learn how to do it. So they came to that meeting with us. Now, they have far and away been the most successful group at doing this corporate campaigning. They have not only got all the cage-free commitments, but they've also done something that we still are working on in Europe hard in other countries, which is to get all the major companies to commit to the best chicken commitment in, in, in France. So in UK, we've got hundreds of companies committed, but the retailers are proving very hard. In, in That is changing actually this year now, but in France, like we're talking about a year and a half ago, they, they'd already got their retail yeah. commitments from the best chicken commitment. They, they've just done incredible work. And I think they're now teaching us, you know, we get them in to do talks to us, you know, it's that evolving of activism and learning from each other and being able to go into these countries and now have other groups do the work, teach us stuff and make impact in their countries. That's what I just, I find that incredible. And just think about the huge impact that's had on like hens and broilers worldwide. I think it's amazing. And yeah. And as I said, we're getting groups joining from new countries that have just simply never had any support in farm animal advocacy. So we know if there are animal rights groups, they often it's often starting with cats and dogs and that kind of mm. thing, because that's where you can get money in predominantly. You know, farm animals account for the vast majority of animals that we abuse on this planet. And yet a fraction of money gets donated to those organizations versus kind of cats, dogs, horses, donkeys. So to be able to support activists, to be able to grow their network in their countries that's never been able to do farm animal advocacy before and see them grow. Now, another example is East in Taiwan, incredible organization. They've now just got um, a ban in on uh, battery cages or new battery cages coming in for laying ducks, which laying ducks is a huge thing in Taiwan. Um, and so 
they've now banned those cages. They've been doing corporate work there. They've got like cut four to make this global commitment um, to go cage free. Just it's just amazing seeing these organizations and the work they do and and the impact it's had. And and THL definitely can't take the credit for that, but like just founding that and building that alliance so that people can go off and so that we can build this strong movement has been incredible and um, has a massive impact for animals all around the world. I think that after hearing this, a lot of people will definitely be interested in learning more and getting involved. And so how can mm. those who want to help best do so? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, as an organization, we're powered by individual donations. So we're really grateful for any donation anyone can make to support us to end the abuse of animals race for food. And you can visit our website at thehumaneleague.org forward slash donate to make any gift. And if you're able, the most impactful way is to give monthly donations that we call that the heartbeat. You, you become the heartbeat of the organization because you really are the lifeblood and, um, um, of this work and keeping us moving forward month on month to end factory farming. And in terms of other things you can do to get involved, so if you go to Take Action on our, on our website, thehumaneleague.org, you can go to our Fast Action Network. So the Fast Action Network is a platform for digital activism. So I mentioned we like to put things on, on um, Facebook pages of the companies or on Instagram of the companies or maybe put tweets out to companies. And this, uh, if you join our Fast Action Network, you'll get a couple of emails a week and there's just some really quick actions. It literally takes no more than three or four minutes tops. Like it's not a long time. And if you just take these actions, the more people that take these actions, the quicker we get commitments. It literally works like that. So we actually do global campaigns now. So we have campaigns where all of these organizations that are part of the Wing Alliance join together. We get our supporters together and we all launch against a company and we just... We did that against Yum Brands, which is the KFC pizza hut company. And, you know, they don't know what's hit them because people power, you know, it makes such a difference. So if you have the time, three or four minutes twice a week to just put stuff out on your social media on these companies, it's not on your necessarily on your own personal social media. It's on, you know, you write yeah. to these companies on their, on their platforms. It makes a huge impact. And it's, it's, a, it's a great community part of because, you know, you're liking each other's comments on each other's pages and stuff. It's great. Um, we also have volunteering as well, volunteering opportunities. Again, if you go to um, take action, then you can join up to be a volunteer. We do run protests in local areas. You know, when we're campaigning against a company, if that's something you want to get involved in, we would absolutely love to have you uh, join us in our peaceful protesting. So there's a number of ways for people to get involved. Um, so if you just check out our website, um, hopefully there's something there for everyone. Great. And lastly, is there anything else that you'd like to add or reiterate about THL? I briefly touched on the fact we're growing our policy side of work. And I think this is really exciting. And I, I'm looking forward to like rolling this out. Uh, we are going to be building up, similar as we've done for the Open Wing Alliance, it's kind of building grassroots networks in places. We want to do that in states so that we can start putting more bans on like animal cruelty that we're seeing. Um, similar to Prop 12, but there's lots of opportunities that we can do that. And so if we can build this network of activists that are on the ground doing this work to get ballots in that can make changes for animals, that it's a really exciting next step for THL. So I'm really looking forward to, to rolling that out and getting people involved. So watch this space. Great. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And, you know, I appreciate it. And I think a lot of people want to hear more about what you do. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, really excited to be here and to spread the word about THL and um, hope people can get involved.